0: And it takes a knee, and the New York Giants are the Super Bowl 42 champions. When
2: this happened, you talked about it on The Fan.
0: They knock off the mighty Patriots
2: 17-14. When New York sports happens, talk about it here. The Fan, 1019 FM, and always live on the free Odyssey app. Go, I, on, on,
3: yeah, oh, yeah. I'm going all in. Go, on, on, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I'm
2: going all in. alright twelve yeah. oh four. we going, yeah. all going all in. All right, here on Tiki and Tierty. So, I am all in on really finding it really hard to celebrate LeBron James. <laughs> and I, I know that that sounds like such haterade. I know it does. I know, haterade. it does. I know it does. I know, and I really don't try to be that guy or try not to be that guy and I don't know that I would come out with this position today if the celebration was a little different, but LeBron being LeBron, you kind of knew that the celebration wouldn't be different because that's not LeBron. It's all about LeBron. It's all about the self glorification. It's all about the illumination of me. Look at me. Look at, hey, look at me over here. Look at me on Instagram. Look at me, me, me. Well, I find it pretty interesting, stark contrast to when Kareem shattered Wilt's record back in 84, right? So, Kareem, a little baby hook in the corner, boom, goes over Mark Eaton's head. He kind (laughs) of very, you know, in a very gangly Kareem Abdul-Jabbar type of manner, um, struts, for lack of a better word, to the uh, middle of the court. He didn't really know where to go, what to do. And all of a sudden, boom, everybody jumps on him. There's Magic. There's James Worthy. There's Michael Cooper. There's his boys, right? Uh, Granted, guys, he's known and played with for a long time. I get that. And it's a complete team thing for an individual record the antithesis of LeBron's celebration last night where he made Kareem wait he walks around the court by himself he points to the sky eventually calls his family on which is phenomenal we got to love the family aspect not here to hate on that at all but his team sat there in such an awkward manner. like there were a couple of guys who and you could even see it like wanted to walk over to him and thought about giving him a high five, then they're like, he's got no interest in reacting to me, so I guess I'll just kind of get back in my hole. Uh, Anthony Davis didn't even get off the bench. Go and check out the footage from Bill Simmons. Bill Simmons tweeted this earlier. I guess actually last night. He didn't even move. So AD thinks so much of LeBron that at that moment, he did not even take an inch toward the court step. He didn't even move. He didn't even react. Now, not a bad guy at all. He's done a lot of good things, but LeBron James to me embodies the selfishness and the look at me attitude of the modern athlete that I'm just not down with. Call me old, that's fine. I'll take that. Call me old school. I'll take that as a badge of honor. I'm okay if you call me that.
4: Get off my lawn. That's okay. SBT. Like, yeah, I'm all in. Right. I'm all in on LeBron James being obviously the greatest scorer ever he just he proved it you know legitimately he's played 19 seasons now and you know he's done it in so many different ways he's got the championships he's done everything that you would expect him to be when he came into this league like he's a young babyface you can almost still see him as a baby-faced 18 year old but he started playing like a man early on and ultimately he became this iconic of this generation player now, I can't say that I agree with the look at me because that, that was never me. I was never that way. I was always a team guy. But I can also appreciate where basketball in particular, not necessarily baseball or football or even, definitely not hockey, a lot, not a lot of these other team sports, but basketball in particular, I can appreciate where it's gone into this me-only type of brand world. And it's what the fans want it's why basketball has grown so much and domestically and internationally it's because it feels like a me game now lebron is just he's just a part of that and he's he's probably the one of the ringleaders of all of that and i'm not saying i love it But I am saying I get it because it's where the world is right now. And it's where kids want to be. He's 38 years old. He's got to relate to the 15-year-old. How does he do that? By saying, look at me, just like all of these other influencers on social media are doing in their respective capacity. So congratulations, LeBron. That's what I'm all in on, most importantly. We knew it would come to this at some point. Uh, he's proven it, and he's still playing great basketball at 38 years
2: old. Well, that's indisputable. Know that about that. We're inside of our Town Fair Tire Studio. Friends of Town Fair mind that you always get the guarantee lowest price on name brand tires from Connecticut to Maine. Nobody beats Town Fair Tire. Nobody. I find it a little disconcerting that such individual—not even—I don't want to say individuality, because I love individuality—but uh, such a look at me persona permeated a team sport like it has Mm -hmm. the nba like if it's baseball you flip the bat i'm fine with that i i I prefer judges approach but bat flips i I don't rail on that i'm I'm fine with that golf you're out there by yourself tennis you're out there by individual sports all good but it's along with football and hockey i mean basketball is the ultimate team game but they've managed to make it so many players about themselves it's turnoff. Well,
4: hasn't it become bt basketball become like an individual sport? Um, and I don't mean that like one guy is going to win, you know, score seventy points and you know basically single handedly win a game. But the game has gotten so iso heavy. Some teams are not, but a game has gotten so much about. Hey, look, this guy scored fifty tonight. Or hell, go Cam Thomas for the for the Brooklyn Nets. Like we're championed this. You know, he lose Kyrie, KD's still hurt. Cam Thomas scores forty seven points, and he scores forty four, and then he did it again. Right. So it, it, like we end up championing the the individual performance as opposed to the team performance. Uh, in a lot of these a lot of these instances, as opposed to well, this happened because. Uh, whoever you know was was had some great assist, or you know he drew double teams and left Cam open for you know X Y Z shots. Like we we tend to champion, especially in basketball, the individual as opposed to the team. When when a team does great things, it's always about the individual. Yeah, but
2: how many teams that that are um, built on such play actually win championships? Not a lot. Well, that's, that's why the, the Warriors.
4: Point. That's why the Warriors, even despite you know, feeling inferior last year, um, won the championship, right? Yep. Because they are such a team, fo- and they've always been that way, going back to their earlier championships. That's just who they are, even though they do have superstars. They, they're, they might be the one team that defies it, right? Because they have great stars, Steph and Steph and others, Clay when he was healthy, Draymond when he was a you know disruptor, but it always felt about the team, right? Draymond was taking some of the open shots. Why would you want him to do it? Because it's the right shot to take. Mm-hmm. So they're the one team that
2: maybe defies it. Let's get Mark in New York up on the fan. What's going on, Mark? How are you doing today?
0: Hey, guys. Big fan of the show. Thank uh, you, Mark. Just wanted to say, and I am not a LeBron fan. I do not like him, and I agree with majority of what you're saying, Brandon. The one point I wanted to make is that He has faced unparalleled levels of attempts to discredit his legacy. So, you know, times have changed. I prefer the way Kareem handled it. LeBron is a selfish guy. But day after day, there's conversation to take away his legacy, figure out why he's not the best. (laughs) So he took the moment, and he went nuts with it. And it was over the top. And I don't like him, but... Nobody was facing the level of criticism he's faced over the last ten plus years. So just wanted to throw that point. But I
2: also don't think anybody's received quite the adulation that he's received over the last ten, fifteen, twenty years. it's it comes the energy comes both ways. I'll grant you that. Okay. yeah. I mean, the advent of debate shows where seemingly there's there's predesigned hit jobs to take down somebody's legacy. I get you. he He is in the crosshairs more than Jordan was. We accepted Jordan's greatness. We didn't debate it. We didn't even talk about we n- not once. I listen, unless I'm misremembering. I, I don't ever remember once Mike and Chris, I'll just use them, debating. You know, in real time, meaning the '90s, like is Michael Jordan the like is he better than Wilt? He's better mm-hmm. than like I, I we didn't do we didn't do that. Now, no. when I was growing up, what we did was. Who's better, Mattingly or Hernandez? That was like a regional thing, a positional thing. That was fun. Um, Yes, the last 15, 20 years, the explosion of all these cable networks and outlets, it's changed uh, the way these athletes are perceived, and maybe he's fed up with it. And I I can understand that part of it as well. I'm just saying go out there and acknowledge your teammates. That's all you had to do.
4: Yeah. That's it. Yeah, but I think he just doesn't have a relationship. It just feels like he doesn't have a relationship with them. And I know that's like a bad thing to say, and it just it it sounds like I'm saying he's a bad dude. It's not what I'm saying at all, but yeah. it just feels like there's a disconnect. And it's probably age. It's probably status. I, I don't know what it is, but you you can see
2: it. You can sense it when you watch the Lakers play. Uh, Brock is in Huntington. What's happening? Brock, how are you doing today?
5: Hey, good good today, guys. How you, how's it going? Good. Out we're good. What's up, Brock? Good, man. I was uh, looking. This kind of sparked my interest, this topic here. I'm thinking, like, you know, best players I've seen. Just a little context, I'm mid-40s, so I've seen MJ's whole career, LeBron's whole career. You're talking Griffey before, and that got me thinking because if you ask me best baseball player ever, I would say Bonds. But if I'm looking at guys like Griffey, there's something going on where we, we're in this world, like you guys are talking about, where everything has to be quantified, whether it's mm-hmm. stats speed strength size you know even iq they could measure then there's these guys that just kind of move different and guys like michael jordan just kind of griffey the way he moved around the way barry sanders moved around the balance that these guys had i think a lot of times there's like this quantifiable uh, thing out there where we could say this guy has the most points and this guy has that but then there's this kind of there's a superior balance sometimes with athleticism that I think and Kiki, I'm interested to hear your yeah. kind of input on this being an elite athlete and being super successful kind of just kind of that idea where you see some guys that just move around and it seems like their weight's always in the right position yeah. the way they're no, moving you're right. no, you're right. you know what I mean and it's, yeah and it's you know like- who was like this
4: you know it was like Michael Vick was like this a lot because it just felt like he was on another level when he was playing. And I mean, maybe he was the fastest guy, but I don't think he tested as the fastest, but he just, like his body control, his awareness of what was about to happen to him. Uh, Marshall Falk, who's one of my favorites, obviously, helped pave the way for the back like me that was doing both things as a receiver and as as a runner. He was also this way, but it was because his football IQ was like through the roof, right? And he just, he understood just, I don't know, intrinsically what was about to happen. To, on the play but also to him and it's why he had so much success I mean the thousand thousand him, uh, him Roger Craig who else is it? there's a couple of others that had the thousand thousand season Christian McCaffrey obviously just recently did it but I mean to do that it, y- y- there's got to be a little bit something more than just he's a great athlete yep. you, he's, his instinct was right on that yeah, he, yeah. yeah it's not just athletes, balance but it's
2: intuition just, and it's yeah, anticipation it.
4: yeah these guys just can feel it before it even happens that's
2: true I, you know I think that I think that Magic was like that. I think that Bird was like that. And both of those guys, like you, even, like, everybody, you know, kind of clowns Bird as a non-athlete, and and I get it. And Just the visual. He just just looks different than everybody else out there, Uh, both good and bad. It's actually funny with Bird. But Magic was not very fast either. Like, Magic had sizzled, and Magic had substance for sure. Magic is an all-time winner, one of the greatest of all time. But Magic was not the athlete that I think some people perceive him to be. He was more... Angle oriented, mm-hmm. um, the anticipatory nature. This guy's cutting there. I've got him a split second before the defender sees him. Boom! There's a backdoor layup like that. That you can't quantify. No, and that's the you special stuff because it's
4: timing that is mixed with like an advanced physics that you can't you can't calculate. It's I, just, I you agree. Just, you know it's gonna happen, mm-hmm. right? And it's almost like magic because he wasn't the best athlete. But he would do all of this stuff with the high dribbles and the high kicks. Yeah, like yeah, yeah, yeah. Almo- almost to just, like, make you say, what the hell is he doing? And set you up for that little lull. And as soon as you lulled a little bit, that ball was gone and, you know, somebody's backdoor and you got an easy, easy bucket. Or he'd go by you and do whatever he was going to do to score himself. Like... Magic was, I mean, he was magic. Let's face it. He, he really
2: was with how he handled the ball. i give you two other examples uh, one local and and one not. I think that when I look at, and tr- trust me, Mattingly was not far behind, but when I look at Hernandez as a defensive first baseman, mm-hmm. particularly on bunts in the 3 6 3 double play, like there was intuition there that no one had because he was not an elite athlete. He, yeah. not, when he was younger, he had some triples. He actually had decent speed when he was young, young, like with the Cardinals. But when he came here, you know he was, he, you know he he was older, and then he was done. Then he went to the Indians, and he was really done. But he he saw things that I don't think many other infielders saw. That's one. Uh, Greg Maddox is another one who mm. didn't throw hard, but just strike after strike after strike. I mean, those are things that, like, if Greg Maddox showed up at a combine or just a workout, one of these local workouts by a major league team. I don't know that he's getting signed. Not if you're throwing 89, 90. You know, he's not physically imposing, kind of looks like a nerd. But then it's the other stuff that just takes over, which is, uh, you know, which is what makes you really special. Jimmy's in Beacon Falls. What's going on, Jim? You're on the Fantiki and Tierney. Jim.
6: Hey, guys. been a while. Yeah, Jim, uh, uh, Well, You know, Ed, I remember Kareem. He, he went about his business in a very successful way and went up and down the court almost as if he was bored, <laughs> you know. Um, But, you know, way back in his prime, I don't remember what year it was. Uh, I think it was Sports Illustrated. might have been someone else. They did a study of the highest paid athletes or all athletes on team sports in America. Okay. It might have been just basketball, but I don't think so. And at, at the time, Kareem was the highest paid player at Four hundred thousand, I believe.
2: Mm-hmm. That's was probably the early seventies. Probably still with the Bucks, I would think.
6: Uh, I, I don't know. Okay, but, go ahead. But, but I know he was in his prime. But they also found that, in spite of being the highest paid, he was the most underpaid.
2: Mm-hmm.
6: Um, by the metrics they were using, you know, banners on the ceiling and, uh, uh, uh you Points know, standings yeah, you know. And so I just wanted to point that out, that as cool as he was, as laid-back as he was, um, you know, no-me-me no me type of thing, um, he was uh, the top athlete at his time for what he did for his franchise. Uh, imagine what he did for the value, the franchise value of the Lakers when he was yeah. there. You know? Yeah, yeah, and, oh, and by the they didn't
4: they didn't calculate those things in those in those days. Remember, we had these conversations around Mookie Betts signing with the with the Dodgers, and you know it was like, all right, if he wins a championship, every that every penny is worth it because what it does to the franchise value to bring a championship, but also a star helping bring that championship. They weren't calculating those things with Kareem and and those guys back in the day. It was just kind of like, all right, what does the market tell us we need to pay this guy, even if the market is grossly wrong, which it clearly was.
2: Yeah, I mean it's Kareem was man, he what what an interesting figure. You know, look last caller said it didn't look like he had I don't want to put words in his mouth, but like the outward passion or some of the others or which isn't true. I mean, his fire internally burned as brightly, I think, as anybody that's ever played a game ever. But I, I think at the end of the day, I don't think basketball was as important to Kareem because hmm. there were more worldly issues that he tackled. Yeah. I think true. Kareem woke up and basketball was secondary. Not where he ignored his training or how he ate or how he comported himself. I don't mean that. But it was clearly secondary. Absolutely. Behind religion, behind world events. Uh, And I think that that was evident in the way he expressed himself on the court. It was a job. He wasn't there to uh, make friends or, you know, you're not getting clicks back then. But he just showed up, did his job, very humble, went home and tended to more important matters, you know. For him. The fan is better when you're part of it. Call The Fan at 877-337-6666. Powered by Superbook Sports. Visit Superbook.com. All right, Tick. I want to throw something at you here. So we've spent a lot of time, obviously, and we will continue to do so until it's resolved with the Jets quarterback situation And we've kind of gone through, all right, the Rodgers, the Carr, the Garoppolo, the Tannehill, and then you get to, like, the Bakers and whatever other options are palatable to you. Uh, So we've talked a lot about the Jets quarterback spot, right? And, of Mm -hmm. course, with the Giants, it's largely assumed that Daniel Jones is coming back. And it should be that way because, you know, they like him and he seems to fit. Finally, has a stable coaching staff and a stable situation. The foundation has been laid. And I think we all think that he's going to get better and better and better as they increase the weaponry around him. Now, the Giants can do a lot of creative things this offseason. They can save some money. You can extend Dexter Lawrence, spread somebody out that way. You can rework Leonard Williams. You can cut him. You can, you know, Saquon. You can tag him. You can tag Jones. There's a lot of things to do here. But there's an article, I saw this on SNY, that two... Um, NFL executives have pegged Daniel Jones in the vicinity of 35 to $37 million a year. Mm-hmm. Now, while I believe he's coming back, I am also in the minority that I think that the Giants might have a little plan in place just in case things get a little too rich for their
1: blood, whatever. <laughs> um, we talked about the jet This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news,
3: So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on LinkedIn.com slash recommend today. Secondary contingencies, what would the Giants be? I'm just
2: curious.
4: Well, I mean, honestly, it's Tyrod Taylor right now. Not not as a long-term solution, but as a, a potential bridge to whenever they can go acquire another quarterback. Like, I don't think that there is a – and we've talked about this many times. I don't think that there's another free agent that's out there that's interesting. I know Jimmy Garoppolo is a good player. I know Sam Darnold, um, you know, had some moments last year. Baker Mayfield, interestingly, with the same team for most of the season until he yeah. went out to uh, Los Angeles and had a couple of splashes. But nothing well, – I think I think we know what the ceiling is on those guys. And so, to me, plan B is is Tyrod Taylor – and then hope that you find someone, you know, in a draft or free agency in 2024. I don't think there's a better option than Daniel Jones right now, and yeah. all the ones that are out there, like Derek Carr would be interesting. I don't think he's coming to, to the Giants. He, we, we don't even think he's going to the Jets. I mean, much less the Giants. Um, you know, Aaron Rodgers is a pipe dream, and that doesn't make any sense for the New York Giants because they're not ready yet. So, like, what else? What are the other options? There aren't any. So, to me, that's why they signed Tyrod Taylor to a two-year deal last year.
2: Yeah, I, I think that you're definitely right. I do. Well, think, and then definitely, it's almost a contradiction. But I, <laughs> I strongly surmise that you're right. I do think that again, the Roger stuff with the Giants, nobody's even wasting time on that. It makes no sense. And all the other guys, you know, Derek Carr is good, but who knows if, if he who knows if he would fit New York the way yeah. uh, Jones has fit this latest group with Shane and, and Dable. So, I agree. He's clearly the target. But what what's less desirable? Let me frame it this way: What's less desirable, paying Jones too much money, okay, mm-hmm. or trying to find somebody in the draft? Um, draft, I think, especially this year. You're talking about this season.
4: Mm-hmm. I think this season just there's just too many projects, and Bryce Young and, and C.J. Stroud are the two that seem ready to play in the NFL. But that is if you like a six-foot, maybe smaller quarterback in Bryce Young, uh, C.J. Stroud is really the only, you know, maybe sure bet in this year's draft. Will Levis, I know that name keeps getting thrown out from Kentucky. He's a good player. But he had some confounding, uh, confoundingly, let's make this an adjective uh, or adverb, bad decisions this season. So I think that, you know, Anthony Richardson from Florida, like he really fell off. Uh, the cliff for me, and I think a lot of analysts as well. So, like, I, I just can't look in this draft and say there's someone that's going to turn into a franchise
2: quarterback. Maybe there's a project
4: in the third or fourth round,
2: and, but, you, and you roll with Tyrod for a year, and you have a project rather than yeah. paying Danny thirty seven, thirty eight million dollars. Yeah, but, but do you have a?
4: Do you go draft a third round project when you have so many needs? Yeah, right. You need depth at linebacker. You need depth at offensive line. You need receiver, you know, receiver. You need you know cornerback. Like, yeah. You need all of these that's things. That's true. You just can't afford this. All right, we'll take a shot. I think I think Daniel Jones provides the best option, mainly because I'm not necessarily scared of the number, which was part two of your question, BT. Mm-hmm. I'm not scared of the number because I think the cap is just it's it's ready to keep exploding, and especially as the new TV money starts to pile on. The cap is gonna go from what it is this year, two twenty-four to probably two forty, right? And then it's gonna just it's gonna keep bouncing. So the thirty-seven that you have to commit to Daniel Jones right now on a potential short term deal per year, that is AAV, I don't think it's I don't think it's that significant, you know, when it when it matters down the line. Okay.
2: I just want to throw it by you, get your thoughts on that. Good job. 877-337-6666. Uh Ryan's in Terrytown, all the fan with Tiki and Tierney. What's up, Ryan?
7: Hey, guys, thanks for taking my call. Before I talk to LeBron and Jordan, I just want to say uh, going to Tyrod Taylor would be like uh, the 84-85 Giants going to Rutledge and letting Sims go, in my opinion. and I just wanted to throw Rutledge's name on the radio. Um, So LeBron and Jordan, you know, 47, so age has something to do with it. But the younger generation never saw Jordan play. Besides the fact that he would have had eight championships, eight in a row. uh, I've been lucky enough to see uh, both Jordan playing against the Knicks at the Garden and LeBron. And uh, let me tell you, Jordan's in the... He was playing with everybody. I mean, all eight team two at the Garden. He was so amazing. He just uh, will could beat you when he wanted to. I'm not saying LeBron tries too hard, but um, Jordan's aura and everyone was just watching him in awe. And I think uh, that's why uh, you know I still think Jordan's the greatest of all time. What do you guys think? Well, I,
2: yeah. listen, I do too.
7: And I was
2: lucky enough to go to uh, I have a, probably five or six Knicks Bulls games including the one with the Trent Tucker rule, you know, on MLK Day. I've told you about that. So I saw Jordan play the Knicks a few times, and I also was in the building working doing pre and post for the Knicks when LeBron was there. And I don't know if it was because I was younger and Jordan felt different because of my age or it just felt different because it was different. But Jordan felt different. <laughs> it felt He felt different. He did. He felt substantially different. I can't prove it. And I could just, in my mind's eye, kind of trace back to those days and just the, yeah. And I know all eyes are always on LeBron. I get it. But I, see, not everybody likes LeBron. We all fear Jordan. But like in a weird way, deep down, we liked him. He tormented <laughs> us, but we had his gear. We, there's not a bad word about Jordan except he he kills us when it's yeah. time to kill us. Yeah, That's there was it.
4: nothing There was nothing to dislike, even except for the fact that he beat you.
2: Yeah, I mean, you go to a— and, Le- and honestly, that
4: becomes respect. No question, right? More than anything, hundred percent. It's Deke. not hate; it just becomes respect.
2: It's jealousy. It's it's, it's respect. Mm-hmm. You go to a, a Knicks, you know, Cavaliers, a Knicks Lakers, a Knicks Heat game when LeBron's there, right? And you know, twenty thousand fans. I guarantee you, ten thousand of the fans can't stand them for different yeah. reasons. Yeah. Um. Now, to be fair to LeBron. Jordan and I think this is some of the reason for the negative energy toward LeBron. Jordan never divulged anything, whether it was politically anything about the world. The only thing that he said was, "What do he say? Um, Republicans, Republicans buy bo- sneakers as well." Yeah, that was it. Yeah. That yeah. was it. Um, and he he stayed away from that. And when you stay away from that, you're going to generate less heat. Because well, it makes you more for, benign.
4: It makes it easier for for people who 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 care about those things to still like you.
2: Yeah, no doubt. And listen, in defense of LeBron, I I don't know that you. I don't know how you project anything that's agnostic now. Like (laughs) back then, you could because you didn't have everybody weighing in and asking you these questions. It was about the game. So Jordan could keep it about the game. You know, now a lot of times LeBron will volunteer stuff, but even if he didn't, he can't avoid it. It's going to be asked. You know what I mean?
4: Yeah, it's true, especially because he feels. It feels like media wants him to be the voice of of whatever community he's they think he's representing.
2: Yeah, that's that. And listen, he's accepted that responsibility and yeah. respect there, no doubt. He's taken that in the charter schools. He's done great things. It's just uh, it's a different scoreboard. You know, you can't compartmentalize. Forget about LeBron and Jordan for a moment. you, you, you can't not know what you know. Mm-hmm. And once you know something that you fundamentally disagree with whether it's politically based or whatever, and that's unfortunately so much of the the negative energy, the venom that just permeates the sports world these days, uh, y- you can't unknow what you know. But back then, we didn't know. I didn't know what yeah. Patrick Ewing was thinking about the world. No. I didn't know what any of these guys were thinking about the world. And, you know, it made it a little bit more enjoyable because it was a divert. It was a diversion from the world.
4: It stayed a diversion <laughs> yes! as opposed to delving into exactly what we're already thinking about. Oh, I love LeBron. What well, he said this about... You know, the war in Ukraine, whatever. Yes, 100%. Yeah,
2: yeah, 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 I'm with you. When this happened, you talked about it on The Fan. Santana into the windup. The payoff pitch on the way. Swung out and missed. Strike
0: three. He's done it. Johan Santana has pitched the no-hitter.
2: When New York sports happens, talk about it here. The Fan, 1019 FM, and always live on the Play Odyssey app. I mean, we are really lowering the bar here at the fan. So last week, we're playing these rejoins where we're congratulating the the Red Sox for, uh, you know, hitting us with the absolute worst collapse in the history of sports. And now we're playing fake no hitters.
5: I mean, what the, what's going on? I meant dirty. What? It's a real no hitter in the books. It's a no hitter, and the story there was no oh, replay time. You saw, you no saw the replay ball. time. No hitter. Huh. Okay. Um, Armando Galarraga, right? That wasn't a no-hitter. <laughs> Clearly it was, but I it wasn't. I knew that would snap you into What's it. Happened, by the way, man? I
2: never wanted to come back. Tiki is uh, is on remote. He's going to the Super Bowl right after the show. So I'm in the studio by myself uh, with Hoff and Dove. And Hoff can attest, never have I wanted to come back from commercial break less than right now. You got to see the spread out there. If they have something for Black History Month, Tiki, it yeah. isn't. you would need it. Well, you need some of it. It is just... The mac and cheese that I just ate is insane. I've devoured multiple pieces of chicken. <laughs> I'm, it's so good. Hoff, how good is this? Uh, it's awesome. I just got myself some,
5: too. It's amazing. Oh, my God. There gosh. wasn't much mac and cheese left. How much did you take? I, I, <laughs>
2: no, no. I got kind of the remnants like you. But sometimes the remnants <laughs> are good because they get cooked a little more, and they're a little cheesier, and they're a little burnt. Oh, Don't be bad. Tiki can't have anything either. No, oh, good. Thank you, Dove. Uh, <laughs> Tiki would be carving his kiwi. Yeah. As uh, as Hoff and I devour the chicken, eight seven seven three three seven sixty six sixty six. That's our number here on the Fantiki and Tierney show. Uh, Carter Roberts coming up next to two. Let's get back to you and let's go to Tony up in the Bronx. Tony, what's happening, buddy? How are you? Tony, what's happening, bud? Tony's not there. Tony is not ready to rock. That is Tony's fault.
4: Meanwhile, BT in my yes. breaks, I'm going in my gym and doing some
2: bench pressing. Jesus, this guy, Joseph. <laughs> I mean, how, what, what what do you got on the rack today? What do you uh, do you? Just 240, 245, actually, just to get those packs a little tightly, nice and tight for the exactly. Super Bowl appearance. Yep, so I look good on the plane. Gotcha. <laughs> no, it, it, it is. It, listen, there's something to be said for getting on the plane and feeling right. That's right. Feeling uh, like I I'm do the, get that. I'm the strongest in my on this plane. Well, I, I've never felt like that, but at least like <laughs> relative to me, I have felt. I have felt good on planes, and I have felt not as good. And when you feel good, you feel good. No doubt. Then you go on vacation, you come back, you feel worse. Exactly. Because you glutton glutton yourself. Uh, uh, That's true. Joe's in Bergen County. What up, Joe? Hey, what's up, guys? What's uh, happening, man? Just so
0: you know, you guys are working out on commercials. No,
2: Tiki is. You not, I mean, talk it's... about
0: food. Now I want to go get a sandwich.
4: <laughs> oh, I'm starving. This what is he, so Hold nice. on. Hold on, Joe. BT does push-ups every <laughs> single break. Every break. Now, he's doing it because his back is jacked Bro, up. Thank you. Tell him But why. because he started doing it, I mean, BT has had more surgeries than I have, and I played the decade in the NFL. Uh, in fact, I don't think well, I had any surgeries in the NFL. This.
0: I can tell you this. I've seen BT play some baseball. And BT rakes.
4: Yeah, back BT in the day, rakes big time. You should see. You should see him rake back his golf balls day. right now.
2: <laughs> now I'm just raking, hey, Joe. Now uh, I'm just raking the leaves, Joe. Just raking the leaves, buddy. Get a little leaf over here. Let's get a little leaf over there. That's huh, it.
0: Listen, I got a possible solution here. Thinking outside the box for the Jets quarterback. But okay, before I do that, if I can, the eleven o'clock update. I guess you guys. Maybe you don't pay attention. That's your little break. You walk no, away. I don't listen do. to it at all. There was a comment. There was a comment that LeBron made that you guys aired. And you're talking about like selfish and this and that and AD not getting up. No, like all he's talking about is he's willing to play basketball with any franchise. I mean, he's not talking about the Lakers.
4: Yeah, that's funny. That's I, funny. I, I just tells I like, you where what? he is.
0: That just
2: tells you where he is. But but you know why that is, Joe, right? I've got to get clarity here. Joe, hold on, T, one sec, Bob, because it's funny. I don't really listen to the updates. Like, I'm I'm just doing other stuff. No disrespect to the updates. I'm I'm doing other stuff. Yeah, Bogus, who didn't show up yesterday. That's true. He did not, he missed one. So that's true. The kangaroo court (laughs) for him. And Dove said in my ear, he's like, Did you hear what LeBron just said? And I said, No. And he gave me the, the quick thumbnail sketch what exactly did can we play it can we hear- it's all
1: about my mind you know if my mind is still into it if I'm
2: still motivated to go out and try to compete for championships because I feel like that's what I can still uh, do for it for any group of guys for any franchise I can go out there and still help win multiple championships or win a championship Mm. All right, so what are we extrapolating for that? That he's getting ready to jump to another team? Is that Joe, what? You I, know what, I don't you, even want
4: him on the Knicks. Joe. Joe, Joe you know what this I is mean, all about? This is all about Bronny. Yep, this is all about somebody drafting his kid after his kid. It's, his it's kid. the brand. Well, it's his son. Listen, the yeah. guy, can, the guy can play. Nobody, of course, can he can play. play. He's just. I mean, he's, gonna, he's twenty-eight points Jordan. this year. I mean, he's he's never going to be Jordan, but I don't think it's about that. I think right. he's, I don't even know if he cares about that. To be honest with you, I think what he cares about at this point is playing with his son. And so the reason he says any franchise is because whoever drafts his son – He's going to say, "Bring me in at 41 or whatever he's going to be." I'm, I'm going to still be balling. I don't I think do I don't know if Bronny's
2: good enough to dictate that stuff, man. I don't
4: think so either. You're Not but Kevin
2: Garnett coming you, out of high school, but if you're, if you're whatever franchise,
4: let's say you draft Bronny in the second round, even, yeah. And are you not going to? LeBron's a free agent. Are you not going to? I don't bring want him LeBron. In?
2: I do not want LeBron. You don't believe me when I I don't want LeBron James, you James on the Knicks. You that ship the Knicks.
4: has sailed. You and the Knicks don't want him. But if you're, I don't know, what's a team that like struggles to get attendance? I uh, don't Hawks. So you're the Atlanta Hawks, and you draft Bronny, and all of a sudden,
2: yes, I would bring in his dad. To, yes, exactly. I would. I, no, I get you. I'm just exactly. saying from from my perspective.
4: Yeah, yeah, because because hopefully, if you're the oh. Knicks, yeah. by then, you know, let's say three, four years from now, three years from now, y- you hope you're competing for something. Like you figured this thing out, and you're not sitting on fifty thousand draft picks <laughs> you know, trying to <laughs> trying, trying to maneuver for something that seems I don't know, lost in space. Who yeah. knows? Yeah.
2: Go ahead, Joe. Finish up, buddy. I so, know you had something else. Yeah, real quick.
0: The, so this Jets quarterback thing, though now I'm thinking Giants quarterback, he got me worried about Daniel Jones leaving. Like, nobody's really thinking about Aaron Rodgers staying in Green Bay. Yeah. And I think he will.
4: Well, Leroy but Butler
0: thinks if he you is. say you want a quarterback. Why don't, we, why don't we try to throw a third-round pick and try to get Jordan Love? He's been looking really good lately. Uh, and I mean, he, they're going to want to get rid of him. Joe... He's not going to have to pay much because he's due for the four-year.
2: Joe, here's the problem with that, Joe. And thank you for the call, Bud. But where the Jets are right now, in they they have to win. If they go six and eleven, if they go seven and ten, uh, I know the optics would matter, like injuries, et cetera. But if that happens, people are getting fired. You're not mm-hmm. going to put your livelihood in the hands of Jordan Love, who's just untested. Yeah, he's not refined yet. No matter don't how know. good, no matter
4: how good you think he can be, correct. Just, there's no proof that he's going to be that good. Nope. Two years no ago, proof.
2: Joe Douglas could, could have messed around with that. Yeah. Can't do it now. No. Can't do it. Uh, let me get Timmy in Tom's River. What's going on, Tim? Hi, yes. I'm wondering Hi, why, why are you leaving Bill Russell off the
6: list of greatest NBA players?
2: No disrespect, sir. Honestly. I, I Only because I didn't want to bore, bore anybody with a long, long list here. It was really just uh, Timmy. Connecting the thread between LeBron and Kareem with the scoring record and obviously Michael Jordan. Um Bill Russell yeah, has
6: more NBA championships than any of them. No, he A does, weapon- sir. Yep.
2: Yeah, I know. Yeah. I mean he's, no, he's like great. Yogi. He's one of the greatest winners. He is the greatest winner in the history of sports. Yeah. The challenge
4: for us is I'll we give didn't that. see him. We did, we just didn't see him. So it's for us it's all it's all statistics driven or, you know, old highlights. Yeah. But yeah. it's hard it's hard to like, sear that moment into your mind when it didn't happen in real time.
2: Well, the thing about Bill Russell, like, and even if you are a detractor of LeBron to the highest order, mm-hmm. you're just not being truthful if you get on the air or you call this up and say, LeBron wouldn't have flourished in the 70s or eight. He would have been an absolute beast. Book it, okay? would. Been playing with better, be- better teammates, better structure. He's a structured guy. He's got an incredible IQ. He would have been an absolute beast. But the thing about, about Bill Russell is, and I'm certainly not going to get on the air and say he couldn't do it now, mm-hmm. but he he was a little smallish, okay, yeah. for the position he played back then. I think he was six eight and a half. I think um, he had no outside shot, and he played like then. You can really say then the NBA was different. It was far less athletic. It was absolutely below the rim. Now, if Bill Russell's coming up today, do I think he's got the aptitude and the work ethic to de- to, de- to develop a jump shot? And yeah, yeah, pick and roll, of course. But he never really flashed that um, when he was younger. So I I can't, listen, greatest winner, absolutely. Uh, one of the great pioneers and, you know, um, luminaries of sport, no doubt. One of the greatest players of all time. I've always said no to that. But I didn't see him play a second. So yeah. I'm the wrong guy to ask.
4: Yeah, it's impossible for us to make a judgment on that.
2: Yeah, but then I also make judgments on you know Willie Mays and Babe Ruth and so yeah. You know, but baseball's gonna... a little
4: bit different. Baseball's I mean, I mean it's it's hard to say it's it's not a man on man sport because it 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 is theoretically, but it's it's not a physical on physical like a, a body on a body. Yeah, it's more and so over time that you can you can kind of extrapolate how it would fit. Basketball, if you're playing against. a you know, guys that are 150 pounds, and you're
2: 230. Yeah, you know what I mean. Yeah. Is, you're just going to dominate. Well, listen, Bob Cousy was the man. I'm not talking about Bob Cousy, but like you look at some of this old footage, I think like I see all six foot one white guys dribbling with their head down. Yeah, and <laughs> where, head. where we, do we, come on.
1: Yeah. I mean that's when, not
2: going today. It's not happening no. today. No, you, got, you might have us Steve Nash, a foreign player. By the way, Doncic, who's is, is six eight. I mean, it's just, it's different. And by the way, there's no right or wrong reason or right or wrong answer. I just, you know, Russell, to me, I classify him as the greatest winner. That more so than the greatest player. But it's objective,
3: you know? I would agree. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it.